Warriors Live Podcast 2023, Episode 6. Uh, Will Evans here with Fonzie. Fonzie back for the first time in almost three weeks. Uh, good to see you, Fonz, and I'm sure everyone out there will be uh, pumped to hear from you too. G'day, Will. Pumped to be back, mate. Yeah, um, coming back after a loss is is never quite as sweet. Um, thought you and Brad did a, a good little takedown on the win last week, although Brad was still dusting off some pretty heavy cobwebs by the sounds of it. But, uh, yeah, look, I'm I'm interested to kick this game around with you because I'm confused coming out of that game about whether I should be proud, disappointed, worried, positive. Um, yeah, it changed my mind a lot. So keen to kick this one around with you and see where we get to. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm the uh, probably emotional yin to your uh, more considered yang. And uh, we talked a little bit before we, we started that, yeah, you maybe uh, thought the whole gutsiness side of it was maybe a little bit overblown as far as how we should be feeling about the Warriors moving forward. But, um, yeah, let's uh, go through it. Let's, let's do it. So, all right, why don't we start with some... Um, some overall kind of takes on the game. I'll give you mine. Um, I think there's two ways you can look at it, right? So the first way to look at it, which is your more positive take, is um, we basically got beaten to the jump at the start, and before we knew it, we were six points down and hadn't had the ball for 10 minutes. And then as we started to wrestle back control, we'd get an injury. So there was Jackson Ford early, but that was a straight swap with Curran. Then we had Nicordo with an HIA, then Egan with an injury. I might have this order slightly wrong. I think Curran injury, Chan's injury. And so we had players in different positions. So we never quite managed to just get ourselves together long enough to come over the top of them, but we always felt like we were nearly there and then something else bad would happen. And then at the very end of the game, sort of the last 15, even with all that adversity, we still very nearly got there and it was just a bit of polish and fatigue that stopped us. So the, that glass half full story is is that, right, that, man, everything went against us, the ref was whistle happy and so on, and, and we still nearly pulled it out. Um, the glass half empty story is... Man, the Roosters fielded a New South Wales Cup forward pack and that forward pack still beat ours, right? Um, And, yeah, our guys had to do a lot of tackling, which took the sting out of them, but they had to do a lot of tackling because they kept giving away ruck infringements because they were losing the middle. And, like, a guy like Arden Fanua Blake probably should have come out there and stamped his mark on this game and bullied those Roosters forwards and he didn't do it, right? And so, you know, yes, it's a bit of a chicken and egg thing, Yes, we didn't do it because we were fatigued and on the back foot, but were we fatigued and on the back foot because our middles didn't step up from the from the kickoff and impose that, right? And so um, I'm, I'm a little bit – and so on that story then, um, the gutsiness to hang in there sort of is masking the fact that the Roosters actually weren't that good and we should have been able to win that middle battle and therefore win the game fairly comfortably. You know, that would be the glass half empty kind of – call so that's my two minute take what do you reckon yeah i mean i'm probably more on the side of i thought it showed a lot of character um to hang in there um i'd probably rate the the pack the roosters fielded a little bit higher lindsey collins uh leading the way i mean i really rate the the butcher brothers pretty highly um certainly plenty of talent out but it wasn't quite a mug forward pack or anything um and just that you know that back five just looking at the stats now, yeah. like they sort of averaged almost 150 to 200 metres a player. Um, and, you know, considering the back five that we fielded, particularly with Chance going off injured, um, you know, miles better than ours um, any day of the week. So I just thought it was, yeah, great signs. I loved the two tries that, um, that we put on um, and getting dominated in the yardage to, you know, to get that close. Uh, I thought was pretty good. Um, yeah, frustrating to not capitalise on the the chances that we had at the end. The, the absent dummy half, the um, Walker kicking it dead um, after the the Egan break, and then yeah, Walker dropping it cold as well. Um, yeah, those are. But I mean, I'd much rather be sort of agonising over those those things than um, you know agonising over a thirty 
to six loss, which I thought that's where it was heading after after they got out to eighteen six around about the time we lost um, Parron and Chance. So yeah, I'm, I'm probably looking at it definitely the glass half full side of it. There's yeah. definitely uh, signs that I'm a little bit worried about depth wise and um, you know X factor wise moving forward. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like I I haven't watched a full replay, but I just went back and watched. The first ten minutes, right? Because I reckon we lost this game in the first ten minutes. Yeah, and, and another slow start too. You know, things didn't go very well in the first five minutes against the Knights either. Roosters came out and their first set of six off the kickoff. They ran sixty meters through the middle and on the right tram line. Then our next set of six, um, we're sluggish. Ford gets HIA. Bad luck, right? But you do tend to get less of them when you win in the middle. Then Barnett knocks on. Then they get the ball. Then it's ruck infringement, ruck infringement. Like those ruck infringements were a bit harsh, right? But yeah. I'm not rest folding this because the Roosters had all the running in that opening, um, you know, period. And like you could argue whether it should be a ruck infringement, but it just reflected that they had us on the back foot as they were coming at us. And then there's a try. So I like, yeah, maybe we're a team who is gonna suffer that a bit in games with the pack that we've got where we sort of have to try and hold an onslaught early and then as they fatigue, we sort of come back in over the top. But that, like you said, that's two weeks in a row where the same thing's happened. Yeah. Um, and so that's a problem for me. I like, I, And I'm not, you know, I'm not – I understand we were gutsy to hold in there, but um, we kind of made the rob for our own back by not being able to win the jump you know, win the start, and and we should have. Like, our, our guys should have been absolutely rip-roaring a go at these blokes. Uh, second half as well, and similar to what happened against the Knights, you know, conceding in the 47th minute. That's that's uh, four of the five tries we've conceded in two games have been in the first, you know, seven minutes or so of, of the halves. So, so is there a thing here where um, our, like, smaller, more mobile team um, certainly in the pack, is just struggling to hold a fresh set of middles from the opposition and is conceding. And then as, you know, a bit of fatigue gets into the legs of the opposition, we start coming back over them. Like, is that a thing? Or uh, do we think it might just be, a, you know, like how do we explain that? Or do we just go, it's only two games, let's leave it for now? Yeah, yeah smallish sample size. It starts happening next week and the week after. It's definitely a trend, but um, I'm sure Webster will be all over it. And for a better, better start uh, next week. Um, overall, defensive, like obviously those early lapses weren't great, but defensively, otherwise, I thought they were they were really good on their goal line. Um, yeah, some really good scramble as well. Like I know the even just little signs where the, the Sam Walker try, but like yep. seeing Ed Cossey double back and and actually bring Suwali down. Um, yep. You know, I know they still scored the try, but just. There's just a, a thousand little things that I think sort of show the change in mentality and attitude um, under Webster that we, you know, wouldn't have seen last year. We would have probably seen Suwali just sprint off for a 60-metre try and everyone else is hanging around the halfway. Yeah, no, I mean, Webster's a legend, in my opinion. He's He's got the right attitude, leadership style and all of that to be a really successful coach. Yeah. And and it's rubbing off on the team. I think that's a given at this point. Like we saw it, we were I think we were the first to really get an opportunity to interview him, and I think we saw it before any others, you know, really did when we did that in the back end of last year. And everything since has, since then has been the same, and the players are showing it. So I'm comfortable with Webby as a clever guy and as a leader. But he, you know, there's still a question of um, how good is this roster really, and has he got all his judgment calls wrong? All right, you know that that's the thing. So um, he's got a certain view that he talked to us about about how middles go. He's made some um, he's made some calls, conservative calls in the outside backs. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not saying they're wrong at all, but you know I, I am like I don't care whether or not he's a legend and I love him. I'm, I'm still going to critique those things. And and at the moment, I think um, you know I I I don't want to just get. Um, too focused on the attitude change he's brought and ignore the other things because I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about those other things at the minute. Yeah. Uh, just on Webster, 
everyone is absolutely besotted with him, and it's hard not to be. That those post-match presses are just outstanding. He's he's brought Tohu along in that department as well. He Tohu was probably one of the most boring captains to listen to post-match, uh, you know, before this season. Yeah. Now the, the the most absorbing press conference I've probably ever seen from a Warriors yeah. uh, team. That's yeah. I mean, it can't help but help the team. That's yeah. thing and that, that sort of attitude. But yeah, as you say, there's uh, some things that over the length of a season, if we don't see improvement on, we're just going to get left behind. Um, yeah. And he'll adjust. But I'm just trying to yeah. work out whether we need to adjust or not. You know, and it's hard from a game like that because there's so much noise in that game. So, mm. I mean, I think one thing that, you know, we talked in the off-season about the versatility in the squad. Yeah. And in a game like this, you saw that happen, right? So we we have Walker, who's the spack filler of, of NRL teams. He can plug any gap there is. And we had him coming on. Um, I think initially he came on to play in the middle. I'm just trying to work out the timing. Um, but he ended up pretty much moving straight to hooker when Egan had to go off and he spent a lot of time there. Then um, when Chance gets injured, Tim Martin goes back to fullback. Then um, Walker's back really essentially in the halves while Egan's back on at hooker. So he's he's just getting pulled around everywhere. And, yes, he made some errors, but, man, like this guy's suddenly gone from, you know, usually doing sort of 30, 40-minute stint in the middle to all of a sudden he's... <laughs> he's, a, he's hot, a hot day too. Um, on a hot day, yeah. So, you know, there was a lot of that. Um, Timaru Martin being able to slot in at fullback, where I thought he went okay, to be honest. Um, you yeah. know, yeah. in... Um, small guy. Yeah, and having a current on the bench who can just seamlessly slot in on that left edge. Like, we when Ford went off, I wasn't that worried. I was like, oh, okay, current's going to have to do 80 here, but it's a like-for-like like straight swap should be fine. Like, we don't really lose much on that. Um, but, yeah, it, and, I mean, Nakore was an, when he went off, that got a bit harder, and then Curran getting injured got really hard, and we were yeah. sort of all over the shop. But, um, yeah, so, like, I think the versatility of the squad is the other thing, aside from attitude and guts, that versatility, which is a recruitment thing, is the other thing that had us in the game late where we were still there because a lot of teams couldn't have coped with that much adversity. So um, that's a bit of a, aside from the guts and attitude from Webby, it's a bit of a tick to the recruitment to have us yeah. like that. Yeah, there's always going to be a strength uh, looking at, at the squad that we've assembled and, you know, we've got so used to seeing Murchie out in the centres or Surinan out in the centres yeah. during a game or Surinan at 5-8 or something like that. This means that we've, you know, any sort of um, contingency, we're going to be able to fill the gap with, a, you know, a, a very capable um, replacement or reshuffle. Yeah. Um, a few, I thought there was a few guys that uh, lifted from round one. Josh Curran was one, I thought. I thought he really yep. took the opportunity to come in early and really set the, the tone energy-wise in defence. Um, I thought he was great. I thought New Coro, uh, all round was a bit better, uh, more prominent on attack. Um, loved his little inside run off Johnson and to set up uh, Adam to run away for the try. Um, and uh, Sean, I thought, was, was um, better in most departments than he was in round one. Just a, a pretty polished performance. I know there's still some people not agreeing and, and probably would want to see him out of the side, which I can't comprehend, but... Um, yeah, the, you know, the, the hand he had in both tries, the kicking game and a game that wasn't easy to be the Warriors halfback was pretty sound. And, um, and his defence yeah. was unbelievable. Uh, the try saver on Lindsay Collins, yeah. no misses at all. And I thought he'd come up with some really good other scrambles and, you know, decisions as well. So big take for Sean for me, not for yeah. one, but... I agree. Like, yeah, if if you had an issue with Sean or thought Sean was a problem on the weekend, mate, you, you you're letting baggage cloud you way you watch him, right? He he was fine. He was fine. He he was good. He did his job. I mean, I think there is a bit of a question about whether our last tackle options uh, are right. But I mean, I think you know, I've seen you say this in some of your written stuff as well, like or or on this pod. Like, I think he's that's coaching. You know, he's. He's playing to the game plan with some of the, you know, that tendency towards a last tackle bomb. 
Um, Especially the long, long high kicks. I mentioned long high kicks. Yeah. So um, you know, there's a, there's probably a question here about whether that's quite the right approach. You know, but that's that's not on Sean. I think he's good. I think he's fine. Like, I mean, we, you know, I, I look at the spine as a whole. I thought Chance was good till he went off. I thought Egan was good until he got injured. Then he came on with pain and nearly won us a game anyway. Um, and um, and Sean did his job. Temare um, probably needs to up his involvement a little bit. There's a bit of a thing there, but that's early doors. And obviously then he had to go back to fullback, so he didn't really get the opportunity to win that game for us out of the halves that he might have had if he'd been up there with Chance um, still in the team. No, to me, um, like I said, the – the overall sense I had of this was that um, if we were going to win this, it was our middles were going to get over the top of theirs, and they just didn't, right? Yeah. And and it became a self fulfilling prophecy of they were tired, so they didn't have the gas to get on top, but they didn't have the gas and were tired because they lost the early exchanges and made some errors, and so it just all cycled from there. Yeah, the Roosters sort of invited them back in. Well, at least the opportunity to level up with a, a few errors. It wasn't sort of the Warriors yep. coming home with a wet sail so much. Yeah, uh, the Roosters were shit. Like, can we be real? The Roosters were crap. Like, uh, for yeah. for the Roosters, like, this was poor. Like, if I'm a Roosters fan, I'd be tol- tolerant of the middles. But the overall performance was not good. Pretty disjointed. Um, sort of a follow-on from their loss to the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think there's a bit of people getting... Um, you know, pumped because we got you know, excited because we got that close to the Roosters, but that yeah. wasn't the Roosters. Like that's that wasn't the Roosters that you know to the standard that they've set for the last few years. Um, no, no uh, Radley, no. Look, obviously Crichton's gone for a while. Warrior Hargreaves is out. Um, Brandon Lodge, yeah, Lodge. Brandon Smith, um, limited time on minutes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm still confused coming out of that one, um, but I, I do agree that last year we would have lost that game by 25, 30 points. You know, so yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to see them maybe. Uh, Sean's probably one of the better, or has been in the past, one of the better halves in the competition at finding the end goal and forcing a repeat set. Yeah. We, we did. We're able to build a bit of pressure against the Knights, mostly because of the Knights. Cockups, or you know, giving away six agains or whatever. We didn't. I don't know if we forced any, or maybe one got a line dropout uh, in round one last week, particularly with the bean poles that are in the the roosters back line. Maybe trying to roll it in might have been a better better tactic. But uh, whether that was you know decision making or or Webster's um, instructions, um, we won't know. But yeah, that's that's probably something where they probably were lacking that we didn't have a lot of, you know, back-to-back yeah. sets, that sort of thing during that game. It is a bit funny, isn't it? Like, um, again, small sample size, and we haven't had a lot of good ball in either game. Yeah. But um, Webster, when he was on our show, was all about possession, and he said that a number of times since. And obviously the only way you win possession is either through completing high completions, and he said he's not all about completions, right? Yeah. Um, so then it's about repeat sets. How do you get repeat sets? Well, ruck infringement penalty or um, rolling it into the end goal and getting repeat sets. So I find it a bit surprising that the end of tackle sets aren't focused on getting repeats so much. Like yeah. they're more focused on um, – I think they're more focused on trapping a team in a corner – where the um, fullback or winger isn't getting a wind-up so we can sort of create some field position dominance and get them kicking inside 50. So he's playing that more. The, the kicking game's designed to win the territory game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do I do probably agree with you that there's probably times when a, a slightly more attacking kicks on and we're not doing it. And I don't think that's SJ... Um, going against coach instructions, I think that's just that's how we're playing at the moment. Maybe we're keeping it simple for now, and it will build into it. But yeah, I, no, I, I tend to agree. Um, the other thing, the other thing is um, like Webby's talked a lot about possession, and he's smart, right? So don't get me wrong, he's a smart dude. But I actually am not that convinced that possession is that important a metric. 
So there was this period where um, everyone thought completions was the metric. Yeah. yeah. And Des Hasler went to the Bulldogs and basically imploded his coaching career by focusing too much on completions. Yeah. And then people worked out, well, actually, no, completions are the metric because it's like if you just tuck the ball under your arm and run, you'll have high completions, but you won't win 40 games because you're not offering any threat. Um, so then, then it's moved to possession. And... I think that possession is important, but I actually think that the most important metric is metres per carry, right? So you can win a game with less ball if you do more with that ball. If if when you've got the ball, you're making more metres, which means you're getting them rolling back, you're getting them on the back foot. And if you win metres per carry, you'll probably win possession. Why? Because if you are getting them rolling back, you're more likely to get six again for ruck infringements when they hold on, try and trap you, try and hold you down and so on. So I actually think possession's downstream of metres per carry. Yep. And then completion's downstream of possession, if that makes sense. So um, I think that's the interesting thing for me that I'm sort of cycling through at the moment is, is, is this like small forward pack thing like it, it makes sense in a lot of ways, but if it's not winning meters for carry, where does that end up? Because I, I think that to me at the moment, I'm thinking that's probably the most important metric of the lot. So anyway, a little bit of a little bit of a data-driven sort of segue there, but um, that that's where my head's at. And certainly, you know, the the results and the stats so far for the Warriors prove that they dominated the average meters per carry stat against the Knights. Um, yeah. Um, short against the Roosters and yeah, exactly the same scoreline in reverse. Um, is probably going forward, and I don't really see any sort of way out of this with the current squad. But the um, the lack of speed in the back line and the lack of a sort of X factor game breaker outside of Walker and you know Johnson when he's turns the clock back, bit of a bit of a worry. For me, I think as far as you know, mm. this thing taking the next step this year. Well, historically, and you'd be across this probably more than me, but historically, twenty points wins you a game, right? So, like, we need to find three to four tries a game yeah. to be to be winning most games, you know. And so, um, you don't need all this X factor. You don't need to be scoring five and six tries. So, yeah. can you get a a try or two out of our middles plus Egan sniping out a dummy half and picking off guys who are offside repeat sets rolling through a couple of crash overs. Can you get, you know, 10 points out of that? Can you get six points out of a drop bomb? And then can the outside backs manufacture one, you know, genuine opportunity try and, and that gets us to 20 and, and that'll win with good defense, good defensive attitude. That'll win half your games or, you know, which would be a good result. You know, like that's, that's kind of how I'm looking at it at the moment. So, um, yeah, like, I, but I hear you. I, I mean, the outside backs are, are really, it's, it's wet letters coming at you most of the time, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the way you described it, getting to 20 points and, and defending your way to a win is exactly the way this thing is probably going to have to play and it's the way that they've played in the first couple of rounds. Yeah. Just because of, you know, who they've, who they've got available. But, um it's a lot. It's it sort of makes for a long, tough season if you can't, you know, beat a bad team thirty-two yeah. or whatever, and just yeah. cruise it for the last twenty minutes. I mean, you have just got to be locked yeah. up for eighty minutes every week, and I don't know if that creates toughness or it creates fatigue or both. But um, yeah, I guess yeah. we're sort of more used to a Warriors team that can blow anyone away, get blown away, and yeah. grind out the odd one. Um, whereas this, you know, this team probably seems to have just one speed, maybe at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing how and these combinations. I mean, there's some really good signs on on attack, um, particularly around Johnson. Yeah. Um, you know, Metcalf could come and play a role at some some stage somewhere, maybe. Uh, but yes, it is sort of slim pickings, particularly in that back five, as far as. Uh, uh, your game breakers go. Uh, so, yeah. so we don't know the injury prognosis yet because it's only we're recording Monday morning, but um, or Sydney time at least. But um, do you would you make any changes, unforced changes at this point? Uh, unforced, 
Probably not. Um, you know, I'm not not very high on Adam Pompey. Um, and you know, if, if that was his fault, it seems that some people are blaming Pompey for the the dummy half balls up. Um, I, I haven't looked at it close enough, but you know, that is. Um, lack of game awareness at times has, has been a bit of a problem. I don't think he offers that much as a centre. And saying yeah. that, Billy me, Wiley has had two New South Wales Cup games to dominate against um, pretty ordinary opposition, and he's been quite quiet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this, you probably can't justify making that change at this stage, I wouldn't think. No, not not if the idea is, like, is, is really Army going to get you six more points? Because if he's not, and our game model is get to 20 and keep them under that, right? Like, I, I don't mind Pompey in defence. I thought he was okay in defence, you know? Like, so, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I probably wouldn't make any unforced changes at the minute either. Obviously, we're going to have potentially some forced changes. Um, looks like Curran's busted. Um, I mean, they were talking, the injury they were talking about is probably a few weeks, I think. Um, but that's not confirmed. And Ford is, I think uh, Webby said he was looking good post-HIA, but there's a protocol there, so, you know, it depends. Um, and same for Chance. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what it looks like. I mean, let's let's talk about the hypothetical where Chance is out. How would you plug that gap? Well, I was uh, looking, thinking about this earlier and, you know, probably the... the Martin Martins is the, the player that's played fullback the most recently um, in the NRL with the Broncos last year. Walker is an option too. Um, he, yep. he was the Manly's fullback for the first five rounds in 2021 where they waited for Andre to come back and uh, go nuclear with a Dalian winning season. Um, and I thought he went pretty well there then. Um, mm. Yeah, I... I Personally, I prefer that because I think it's less disruptive to the team going forward to have Tomate still sit, settling in at 5'8 um, and, you know, have a, a stronger ball runner, a bigger body at fullback, getting bigger yards. Um, in Walker? In Walker, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's actually bigger than I thought. When mm. I see him on the ground, I sort of had this idea that he was a pretty small kind of player, but he's actually not. He's bulked up a bit. Mm. Yeah, whether he's got the, um, you know, if he's bulked up too much to be playing yeah. back, that, that, that's uh, another story. But, um, yeah, that's an option that I consider. I don't know that bringing in um, Tane to old oh. picky uh, at yeah. this stage, although he's been pretty good in New South Wales Cup, scored a neat try the other day. Um, yeah, I guess the other the other factor, if you're moving Martin, who's your 5'8", you bring Volkman in, who is set up five tries in New South, New South Wales Cup, obviously mm. a, a, a big standard below um, playing against some of the lesser lights, I think, in New South Wales Cup so far. Um, but, you know, do you do that so you can keep Walker as your in that bench utility role or do you put him in a number six? What do you reckon? Well, we've got Jazz back this week too, right, which adds another dimension to it. So he played yeah. in Cup, came through injury-free, and so... He's available for selection. So if you did want to move Walker, you've yep. got a ready-made sort of 13-9 cover replacement there. Um, so that that probably makes you a bit more comfortable moving Walker to fullback or into the halves if you wanted to. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I w- so I wouldn't play um, Dolpiki. I wouldn't play him. Um, yep. I don't think he's first grade ready. It's just my take. Um so based on that, I'm I'm having to rejig the the roster. Um, I probably would leave Volkman in Reggie's for now. So I'd I'd probably gee that's hard. <laughs> gee that's hard. Um, but no, I don't want Walker there either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, like I actually, the more I think about it, I'm I'm actually almost. In, like indecisive between the three options of Talpiki comes up or Volkman comes in and Temato goes back or Walker goes there or Walker goes to the halves. I'm I'm really um yeah, I'm I'm sort of 
indecisive about those. I think I think um, if we sign Talpiki as a number two fullback, then in the club, then that's what Webby will probably do. But back to that theme of you know how we're going for yardage and so on. Like he's he's a small dude. Yeah. He's not going to give you much. Is Walker going to give you more? Maybe. Um, you know, is Temata going to give you more? Maybe not that much more, right? He's not that big either. Yeah. Tough call. Um, and in terms of Jazz potentially coming back, if Walker was to come in the starting lineup, if Ford and Curran are both out, I know they're both edges at the moment, but yep. Jazz, Jazz would have to be a front runner to be coming into the 17 anyway even if Walker's still on the bench. Well, what do you do there, though? Because one thing you could do is tell Barney to go to the edge, um, Barnett, and so you play Barnett in your quarter. Tohu, sorry, mate, this week you prop. Yeah. And Jazz in at 13. Yeah. And, and do it that way. Because your New South Wales Cup starting second rows are Kalani going and, you know, just good work, horse tight, but I don't quite think up to, no. you know, I'll stand unless you're desperate. And um, Michael Seal is the... Captain veteran hasn't played first grade, but played a fair bit in England. But uh, these boys aren't top thirty, so they, they they're not eligible anyway, true. right? So yeah. it doesn't matter. So uh, who are the other top? Well, that's so sure. Sifakula. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He's he can he can play back row. Um, yeah. So he didn't play cup on the weekend today. No. Yeah. Right. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. Being kept as a emergency, I suppose. But he's yeah okay. I'm interested to know where where he was. Um, wasn't wasn't in Port, was he? No. Uh, no, I don't know that he's. Was he still young enough to qualify? He is, isn't he? Eighteen. Yeah, he might have been in the ball team. But um, I'm gonna double check that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be bringing him up anyway. So, you know, you're looking at it and going, we, we shift Barney if they're both out and. Um, and play Tohu genuinely at prop and jazz. And then, you know, jazz probably isn't going to do 80 at 13. So then you do need Walker there. So if Walker's there, plus Egan with an injury cloud, you probably do need to find a solution in halves at fullback that isn't Walker. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a patchwork quilt at the moment. Mm. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. Teamless Tuesday. Obviously, there's still the chance that Chan's. Recovers and forward and maybe less likely current. Uh, but yeah, we'll wait with uh, bated breath for that one. Um, did you want to touch on New South Wales Cup? I'm not sure if you had a chance to run your eye over that. I was watching it like while doing other things, if you know what I mean. Like I had it on the phone, <laughs> I was chasing kids around the garden and this sort of thing. Um, I mean, yeah, I thought we looked pretty good. You know, we we obviously got the win and. Um, got up early and, and got run down. But, I mean, I, I'm not going to try and dig into it other than to say it's a pleasant surprise that all of our teams are doing well. You know, for scratch teams pulled together in a short time, haven't played with each other through the grades. You know, I think that's that's um, it's pretty impressive. And, yeah, I, I think, you know, the um, recruitment team and um, Craig Hodges, Brownies mate, who would have probably been involved in pulling this together before McFadden came along. They actually did do a good job because mm. we, by rights, we should be running bottom two in all these comps. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get the feeling that the Roosters are probably one of the lesser lights in New South Wales Cup. So in regards to that, probably a little disappointing that we got out to a big big lead and then didn't score for the last half an hour. But, um, yeah, enough good signs depth-wise for us uh, when – you know, when some of these guys outside the top 30 are allowed to play if needed. Um, and, you know, obviously for the future, some of the young fellas uh, look pretty good. Yep. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, it's what we all hoped as we came back to New Zealand that we'd start seeing a pathway where there were kids coming through who, you know, had the potential to be future first graders. And I think we're definitely seeing that. We're definitely seeing that. Uh, be remiss of us to not talk about a couple of uh, ex-warriors that went very, very well for well, look very much at home in uh, New Jersey's. Um, Reese Walsh on Friday night. It uh, just 
after a difficult 2022, I thought it was just flashes of um, of his rookie year with us, where he just exploded, and every time he touched it, you felt like something was going to happen. Um, maybe a, a case of you know being a bit happier and more settled back in Brisbane, or just being in a team that's probably better uh, suited to utilising his talents, playing behind a pack that's not getting steamrolled every week, playing in a spine that's got you know. Adam Reynolds and, and Ezra Mann has exploded uh, rather than a sort of changing halves pairing every week and and Sean Johnson maybe not uh, quite at his best. Um, yeah, or Jamaica, a Walshie. Yeah, he, cu- he carved up. He was ex- Like you said, he was exactly like the year he burst onto the blocks for us. Um, you know, he was sort of electric on the edge, throwing cutouts, um, getting on the outside of his man. Yeah, he he looked great. Um, I mean, I think the real mystery is what happened last year, really, isn't it? Because you look at that and you look at 2021 and 2022 is the, the mystery. Like, what happened there? Um, He's it it probably our most energetic player last year. It just wasn't coming off for him. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm after seeing that, and obviously it's just one game, but I'm probably more leaning towards he was – a good player in a shithouse team. Um, and yeah. it's, it's hard to be a, a lightweight fullback in a team that's getting absolutely monstered um, week to week. Yeah. And, I mean, I think, you know, there's a there's a bit where um, he, he likes to run downhill, you know. So yeah. if if you've got a, a team that's moving forward and on momentum, he's going to look good. And if your team's... There's no time and space if you're on the back foot all day. He's he's not going to look good. You know, I think there's a bit of that. And um, for us last year, we were generally on the back foot in yardage. And also, we probably didn't have good defensive organisation. So it was just a really bad fit for us with Walshie last year. Um, and, like, let's be honest, I don't think he wanted to be there, mate. <laughs> I think he... You know, he spent a lot of the year trying to work out how he was going to make sure he was home in Brizzy with his, um, you know, his kid and his ex-partner rather than worrying about how he was going to make sure he built into the Warriors system going forward, right? Yeah, he's still a 19-year-old then, you know, the novelty of um, of being a, a rookie sensation, not quite there yet, the, the, the uh, off-season troubles, nightclub troubles and... Um, but yeah, he looks like I'm there, and it's exactly the type of fullback that the Broncos are looking for. I mean, they're they're electric to watch the Broncos, and um, a little bit enamoured with them at the moment. I'll be tuning in every week, and you know, don't, certainly don't wish Walshy any um, ill will. Um, good luck to him. Well, I think you know he's um, you know the Origin Dallium. It's all potentially on the table for him this year, and a team going that well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't I, – I think he owes us as much as we owe him. So, yeah. I'm, you know, like I I don't wish him goodwill and I don't wish him bad will. I just, you know, just just do your thing, man, and, and, and I hope we beat the hell out of you. That's, that's my, my <laughs> yeah, take on it. That'd certainly be an extra edge when we take the Broncos. Elias yeah. uh, uh, Katoa is absolutely thriving, playing uh, alongside Jarrod News on the Storm's right edge. They got touched up by the Bulldogs. But yeah. Did you watch that? I didn't get to watch that one. I only uh, finished up my uh, reporting on the Warriors game at about halftime and watched the second half. Second and half. he yeah. was just pouring through holes. He looks a lot leaner and faster than particularly last year or, you know, yep. last two years because he looked a bit sort of cumbersome and out of shape. He's, he's lean. Um, showing how mobile and, and quick he is, and how he can hit a hole. Hughes is one of the best um, at it for putting someone away, and geez, that combination could uh, could be pretty devastating for the Storm. Yeah. So good on him. I'm pretty, you know, it's certainly um, happy for for him to to become a you know a superstar second row. It probably wasn't going to happen with us at this stage. I saw a few Storm um, fans who. You know, I, I generally keep an eye on because they're clearly complaining about his work rate still. So I, I don't personally know that, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I think I think he's a player who bursts onto the scene on the back of being able to run a good line outside a half and be very damaging in attack. But um, 
ended up leaving the Warriors because he couldn't quite get the defensive and work rate side up and running. So um, I'm pleased if he's if he's doing the attack thing, you know. Well, that's I'm pleased about that because it's it's his strength. But yeah, there might be a bit there might be a bit more to go for him. But he'll get there. I, I yeah, would think. you know, being under Bellamy, that that's where you go to become a yeah. more well-rounded player. They don't have um, players there that are you know, weak defensively or lazy. So yeah. he's going to be in that team. He's going to get um, sorted out for sure. But, yeah, just from an attacking point of view, it's you know, pretty exciting to see Looking him good. pouring through holes. And, yeah, they, they really look in sync, him and Hughes. Uh, looking ahead, Fonz, um, Cowboys this week. Now it's almost a carbon copy of, of uh, round two. We're playing a team that's... Um, Below their best to start the year, but a, a heavyweight yep. contender. Uh, they're at home. They're coming off a humbling Suncorp Stadium loss, and they've also got a few key guys out. So Scott Drinkwater, three-match ban, I think. Peter Hicku has accepted a ban as well. Yeah. So that's two key backline guys. Um, and probably their two best fullbacks, although um, maybe Ben Hampton was going to get the... The fullback, fullback nod, even without uh, the Hiku. Um, yeah. But, but that's uh, pretty handy for the Warriors, getting, you know, a couple of... Mate, I, I I don't know. Like, I... Cowboys are fit and fast, right? And, yeah, they're, they're down a couple of key men. We probably will be too. Like, I'll be stunned yeah. if all, all of our guys play... Um, the boys flew back from Sydney to NZ and are flying back up to North Queensland. Um, yeah. So there's a bit of travel this week. We are going to get the heat up there too. You know, it's it's nearly summer and we're in Townsville. So um, I think there's a bit against us going into the game that offsets their injuries. Um, that said, though, like, how have you thought the Cowboys have gone so far this year? Have you watched their games? I, I watched about half of the game on the weekend, and I, yeah, I mean, Nana I was was doing his thing on the edge, but I, I was kind of like, I don't know, I'm, I, I perennially underrate the Cowboys. Like, <laughs> that's just my thing, but because I don't think they do anything amazing, but they do lots of small things well. So yeah, have you got a take on them this week? Uh, yeah, I've watched uh, most of their games, um, both of their games, and they have been a bit underwhelming. You know, having yeah. put in 40-minute performances rather than 80, they almost yeah. down by the Raiders uh, when yeah. they you know, lead by 18, and they never really looked like getting on top of the Broncos. Um, yeah, just just a bit, a little bit flat. I'm pretty high on them. I've got them as you know top four again. I, I did before uh, round one. Um, you know, really enjoyed their resurgence last year and um mm. as you say they do this the lots of little simple things well but they've got yeah. a very very skillful dynamic roster i mean you know even guys like Hiku can do something special than i yeah um you know drink water exploded last year to is is uh you know a bit of an x factor it's mm. through the park and just you know good Direct smart halves and dead and in Townsend, so it's a tough matchup for us. I'm sure we're pretty uh, big outsiders, but I don't know. I don't mind the matchup the way the Cowboys are going. Um, yeah, I think we're, but yeah. the way that we sort of, you know, posi- positioned ourselves the way that we're going to play, obviously, is um, you know sets us up to tip up teams that don't, you know, that are a bit off the. Off their best, so yeah. I mean, it, to me, if if Chance and Wade are both good to go, and it sounds, I think Wade's pretty safe. But if they're both good to go, I give us a real, real shot. Um, I think Jazz will lead us to restructure our middle, um, and you know that'll help us overcome the loss of. I think we're going to lose at least one edge forward. So, um, but I think. Yeah, I'd definitely give us a show. I, I think the style matchup, you're right, is quite good. I mean, they just seem to me like a slightly fitter, slightly faster version of us in terms of roster composition and the way they play. Like, I think Peyton and Webby probably went to the same school of thought around um, coaching and, and how they like to do things. So, And they're obviously ahead in the journey. So, I mean, I think it'd be a massive, massive win for us to go up and win this, um, even with a couple of injuries for them. But... 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm still just I don't have a clear read on our own team at the moment, mate. I like I, um, I don't. I, there's things I like. There's things I'm worried about. The sample size is small, so yeah. I mean, until we know we're not going to win, stuff it, man. We say we, we say we're there to win, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they've got a pretty impressive pack, I think, um, and a very settled one. I've been impressed with the way our, our goals are gone. Tohu Harris second in the Dalian medal. He was. Huge again the other day. I mean, yep. those numbers that he's producing are crazy. Um, Barnett, a, a prop, making 55 tackles. I know that he's, you know, he's a bit smaller. He's uh, not going to, you know, be a dominant ball runner, but a ton of heart. And um, Do we need to talk about Adam Fanua Blake soon? Because he's, uh, he's getting tohu money. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, and, and yeah. I, I thought on the weekend, right, perfect. This is Adam Fanua Blake's game, right? Their middle, their like dominant middles aren't there. He's the man. He's a top five NRL prop. He should turn up and bully these dudes. And I know there's all the things, but I mean, at some point, you know, like, and people were starting to say this back into last year, but I just put it off. I dismissed it yeah. as being just the general malaise in the club at the time, you know. But his stats were fine, but he didn't. He didn't influence the game in the way I thought he should on the weekend. And I, yeah, I, I think we've got to be keeping an eye on him, you know? Yeah, I thought, I mean, backing up to score that try was a positive sign. But as you say, he's not, you know, he's not the dominant front row on the on the field. Certainly hasn't been in the first two weeks, despite good numbers. Like, he's, he's too good to not stand out more. Um, yeah. He's going to make his hit-ups, but I think, you know, we can see more of him trying to, you know, pop an offload or use a bit of footwork, um, you know, pass at the line maybe a bit more. Um, yeah, we definitely need a bit more from a $800,000 front rower, I think. Not a lot more, just a little bit more, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying he's not playing well. I'm saying he's playing 600K when he needs to be playing 800K. You know, that that's probably how I'd say it. He's, yeah, he's playing... Solid, but he's he's capable of so much more. I think. Yeah. And, and you know he can really elevate this team if he if he shows everything that he's got. I felt yeah. like that after the night's game for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, big big opportunity for him to do that this week. Yeah. Pretty solid. Um, you know, Tamalolo and Cotter and um, who's their other starting starting prop? It's uh, escaped me at the moment. Jordan McLean. Um, yep. Too lazy to look it up, so I'm guessing that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I haven't done a full review of that because I wait till Team List Tuesday to do that and go through. But um, yeah, I mean, because they're, you know, they got like Cotter um, doing that middle role as well. So, you know, Peyton's a bit more in that small and fast mindset um, there as well. Although it's easy to be that when you've got Jason Tubbler yeah. on your side. Um, yeah, good. no, look, I, I'm just looking forward to it. I, I mean, I don't expect to win. Um, if we can keep it tight three weeks in a row, I think that's a win, you know, in terms of um, the the way the team's building. But I, I am really interested to see how our pack goes, how our pack goes against this pack, because I'm still worried about the pack. Yeah, I mean, I think something similar, similar result to what we saw on Saturday would be a par effort, and we've got an eight-day turnaround until our first game against at Mount Smart for the season against the Bulldogs. Um, I think we'd be, you know, pretty happy with where we are. If we went up to yep. Council and got a bit of a touch-up by a team nice. that clicks, that would be, you know, we'd be feeling a bit deflated, um, like we'd sort of, you know, lead a, a good opportunity to, to start well all the way. Um, yeah, I don't know, I'm pretty confident that we'll see something similar, less confident of a win, but Definitely a chance. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And so, podcast-wise, this week, Will, uh, there might be another pod dropping later in a week. Is that right? I don't, don't know how much detail you want to give, but yeah, I mean, I want, um, we're hoping Brad and I hope to have a very special guest on Wednesday. So hopefully that comes to fruition. If it doesn't this week, certainly another week. But that's uh, the plan of the stage. So stay tuned. Um, and a quick thanks to our very valued. Patreon supporters as well. Um, Garrett McDonald coming on board, an old West Coast buddy of Brad's. So, uh, Garrett, I know you've engaged with the page a lot and loyal listeners. So, thanks very much for uh, for getting behind us on Patreon. And um, yeah, love you all. Um, 
Fonz that we left anything out. I think that's pretty good effort for a Monday, mate. No, I don't think so, mate. I think, um, yeah, I, I want to see more of this team before I talk too much about this team. I almost didn't, don't want to pod too much at the moment because I, I don't feel confident in any of opinions about this team just yet. Um, a lot's new and it's challenging me a bit, some of it. So, yeah, I uh, just like watching him at the minute and uh, enjoying game day. I'm really enjoying game day. Like, I'm, like, yeah, I mean, I'm loving game day. Like it's a, so good. Yeah, Saturday seemed to take so long to roll around, whereas yeah. last year it was almost a chore to have to, you know, block out three hours to watch the, the Warriors to, uh, during the second half to, uh, last year. But, yeah, I'm absolutely fizzing. I've, you know, been out of my seat, watched that probably most of the second half. I, I get I uh, get too itchy and, you know, stand up behind the couch, and, and that's where I was for most of the second half. Yeah. Um, Saturday, and you know that's why I know I'm really invested in the team. So yeah, yeah. If they've got me doing that, then that's uh, yeah, good sign. So you can ask for at this stage, I think. Yeah, and I'm I'm reading everything that anyone's putting out, whether it's on this Warriors Life Facebook. I'm not on Facebook, so you'll never see me on there. But um, I certainly keep an eye on the page and um, on the NZ Warriors forum and on Twitter. Like I'm reading all of it, and I'm I'm finding I'm mostly disagreeing with everyone which is really interesting, you know, because I, I just I don't quite know yeah. um, what's happening. So keep all that coming in. It's it's great to have that sort of engagement. There's a lot of smart footy heads out there talking some good stuff on all those places. So, yeah, keep it coming. Awesome. I will we'll, uh, look forward to hopefully a guest on Wednesday, hopefully uh, upset on Saturday. And, um, yeah, we'll see you back again soon, hopefully, Bon. Yep. And until then, go the Warriors.